Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Wesley is in the midst of a Starfleet Academy entrance exam. Exciting stuff, I know. But while he is off the ship, Picard's past actions come under investigation by Starfleet High Command. From March 12th, 1988, it's season one, episode 18, Coming of Age, or Fun with Standardized Tests. (laughs) Oh, never fun, ever. I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are the Mech Generation. Which, to this day, gets me excited. Like, I hear the theme song, and I'm like, fucking yeah. It's a good song, man. I appreciate it anyway. Ego stroking has never done me any good. But I appreciate your efforts. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're the best. I'll stroke your ego any day, man. I appreciate I'll even, that. I'll even, uh, you know, tickle your super ego while I'm at it. <laughs> and I won't forget to work the id. <laughs> That's Freudian on well, so many my, levels. Yes. <laughs> my super ego lives under my kazif, so, you know. <laughs> under your kazif? Oof, mazel. <laughs> oh, Have you never heard that term? Kazif? What the hell's a kazif? It's the space between your asshole and your balls, because if you didn't have it, your guts would fall out. Oh, I've I've heard it called the gooch. I've heard it called the taint. I've heard it called the fleshy fun bridge, and its technical name, the perineum. But I've never heard it called the kazif. Huh. Do the thing so everyone knows. <laughs> Speaking of little bitches. No, <laughs> oh. <laughs> On Stardate 41461.2, the Enterprise is in orbit around Relva 7. Yes, 7. Wesley runs to comfort his friend, Jake Curlin, played by Stephen Gregory, whom he defeated in the Starfleet entrance exam by 32 points. Poor Jake is crushed. And I don't think their relationship will ever be the same. (laughs) Meanwhile, Captain Picard greets his friend Admiral Gregory Quinn, played by Ward Costello, and his assigned assistant lieutenant commander, Dexter Remick, played by Robert. Oh, Jesus. Pattinson. No, it's Shenkan? Shen- Shenkan? I have no idea. I think idea. you mean Shenkan! <laughs> You're absolutely right, I did. Aboard the Enterprise. For classified reasons, Quinn has ordered Remick to perform an investigation of the Enterprise and its crew, and expects Picard to fully cooperate. Remick's query causes tension in the crew, particularly when he questions the trustworthiness, trustworthiness, trustworthiness of the senior staff based on their personal logs and past actions. Meanwhile, Wesley Crusher prepares to take the Academy entrance exam himself down on the planet. He succeeds in passing several parts of the exam and helps Mordok, played by John Putsch, a highly talented Benzite and fellow competitor, to solve a difficult test problem. That didn't look so difficult, but it's fine, so they may both advance. Wesley is also worried about the psychological portion of the exam, 
and he's heard it's a booger. Um, <laughs> you know, because they don't tell you what it's going to happen because it's a psych exam. Back on the Enterprise, Jake, unable to deal with his crushing failure and crusher feelings, attempts to race ooh, away in a shuttlecraft. Ooh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> we just got to take a second for that wordplay, ladies and gentlemen. That, that, that wordplay was, was just spectacular. Cameron... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Uh, where was I? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, he steals a shuttlecraft and is attempting to deal it to steer it toward the planet to land because he doesn't want to deal with his father, who will be completely disappointed in him. Did you relate to that at all, Dan? No. I know I did. <laughs> Not at all. My dad's always been super proud of me. Cameron, I'm a college dropout. Just think about that for, for a second. I'm... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not I'm as not big as... of a disappointment as my other brother, so it's fine. Auburn! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's wonderful. Picard is able to direct the cadet to pilot the shuttle away from the planet by bouncing it off the atmosphere in an impressive uh, show of skill. Anyway, back on the planet, it's revealed that Wesley has kicked ass and take names. And while he is waiting in the hallway for the psych exam, he hears an explosion and finds two men trapped by fallen components in a fire engulfed room. Wesley helps to release one man wounded under a heavy pipe and tries to coax the other to leave, but he is terrified and cannot. Wesley is forced to leave the scared man inside and drags the other man outside to safety. Outside the room, he realizes this was the psychological test. It was a test that mirrored the way his father died, and yeesh. <laughs> Apparently Starfleet's a fun place. Eventually, the cadets are told of the results, and Murdoch is granted admission into Starfleet Academy, while Wesley is encouraged to try again next year. Murdoch thanks Wesley for his help and wishes him future success. On the Enterprise, the investigation is completed, and Remick joins Picard and Quinn in the ready room to show that there are no signs of wrongdoing, and actually expresses his interest in joining the crew of the Enterprise in the future, because he was so impressed. Quinn tells Picard that he feels there is an unknown force that has infiltrated Starfleet, and he was seeking to assure himself of his trust in Picard and the Enterprise crew. To help combat this threat, Quinn offers Picard a promotion to Admiral and a job overseeing Starfleet Academy, which would place Picard near Quinn at all times. Picard mulls the offer over for some time, but eventually declines. After Wesley returns to the Enterprise and confides in him that he also failed in the examination for the first time, secretly. Thus ends coming of age. Yeah, Picard is definitely Wesley's father. Yeah. 100%. And he accidentally didn't drag his best friend out because he wanted to tell everyone. I think I think that mm -hmm. both the Quapple thing is like both the Quapple and the fact that Picard is his real father is is lovely. Or maybe they combined, who knows. Who knows? That's possible in the future, right? To take two sperm cells and one egg and make a child. I mean, they can replicate fucking food from a Klingon command. So, yeah, I you'd think that we that we've gone like full Frankenstein with genetics by then. Like nobody <laughs> should like 
the fact that Jordy's eyes don't work as a genetic defect should not happen. Like, that shouldn't be a real thing. <laughs> well, you know, they had to give him something. I know. I know. Ugh, they but... didn't know what to do with poor Jordy, as you will find out, and it makes me very sad. God damn them. Damn them to hell. <laughs> so, what did you think of our guest appearance from The Young and the Restless, Dan? Um, obviously, this episode has two stories, and I like Three, actually. I mean, are you counting the whole subplot with Wesley's friend as a second, as a third? A third. Okay. Yeah, I'll count. There's All the right, investigation, there's the Wesley plot, and then there's the... Which ties in. Maybe it's a B.5 or something. But, I don't uh, know, because he's only in two scenes. So. But still, they're pretty important, mm. and they tie both stories together. That's true. It's more like connective bridge tissue. Well, regardless, I think... It's the kazif of this episode, Dan. It's the kazif of this episode. <laughs> God damn it, I love you. Um, what I liked Ditto. about this episode is I think... <clears throat> I think we have... A couple of firsts here. Number one, um, we started this episode without any voiceover and in the middle of a scene that didn't immediately segue into voiceover right away. Like we got to have a full scene with characters in the middle of a scene and then voiceover came much later, which I really enjoyed. I was like, yeah, let's get this going. Don't get me set up. Just throw me into it. I love that. That was really nice. Um, that was really nice. I also liked how they actually referenced previous episodes. We got a sense of a continuing story. Um, like the the fact that they brought up the Stargazer incident, I got like legitimately excited. I was like, yes, we're going to have continuity in this show. It's going to be more, um, hey, remember that one time? than uh, the original series or the animated series was because there were so many times where I was like, does nobody remember what happened the last time they went on a planet just like Earth? Um, <laughs> I, I like what this episode did for the series as a whole in that regard, but I also enjoyed seeing Picard in this specific command situation where he's dealing with higher ups and having to defend his actions because that is something that Kirk rarely, if ever, had to do. And I hope that this isn't the last time he has to defend what he's done it to, is not. to Starfleet because I think that's important to recognize that he is going to break the rules on occasion and he's going to have to defend himself because it is an intergalactic bureaucracy. <laughs> Yes. Oh, instead of millions of people being involved, it's trillions. Ugh. Kill me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we had some good quotes. We had uh, great character development for Picard. Um, Wesley got to dick around on a computer. So that was fun. <laughs> well, I mean, it is the way of the future, Dan. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, those tests. Oh, God, those tests. Um but yeah, there was there was a lot to like here. I, it felt like a pause, a little bit of a, a stop. But I also enjoyed the fact that Picard was able to coach 
the uh, the falling cadet. Uh, I mean, not cadet. The uh, Wesley's secret lover, that kid. Um, that he was <laughs> able to help secret. him. I just think they're never going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, I think this is probably going to cause them to break up. It's hard yeah. when one person succeeds and the other doesn't. Um, <laughs> Enter last five years. Oy! Yeah. Um, but uh, I liked that he was able to coach him from like a piloting and physics perspective as a captain. That was cool. That was cool to watch him like give the kid the maneuver that would help him survive his shuttle debacle. But yeah, I liked I liked a fair amount of this episode. What did you like, Cameron? Well, we had a couple other firsts. This was the Ooh. first episode where Maurice Hurley took over as showrunner for Gene Roddenberry. Because mm. you know, after the whole uh, <laughs> after the whole incident with our beloved DC Fontana, Maurice is like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah. And I think it turned out pretty well. This is also the first appearance of a next generation shuttlecraft. Ah. Uh, oh, I guess I didn't even catch that. And Tashanik is the first Vulcan with a speaking role to appear on the next generation. Hmm. So you know, it was it was all kinds of firsts. Also, I loved um I mean, I just actually loved the whole thing. I loved the structure. I loved, like you said, how they started in the middle of a scene and how <laughs> Wesley is trying to do damage control. It's it's interesting the dynamic because, you know, he's just been put through emotional trauma because of his intelligence. And then down on the planet, everyone is, you know, worshiping him for his intelligence. Mm -hmm. But there are other intelligent people there. So, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic as far as it's just an interesting grown up story. Precocious children and all. Yeah. The structure lends itself to keeping it from being too uh, after school, specially. Yes. Which was nice to bounce back and forth. It was a very well-structured episode. Um, It works within the confines of network television to still tell a story that's interesting and I think necessary to the canon of this show. Absolutely. I also loved the subtle reference to 1984. Did you pick up on that? I think I missed it. The psych test was in room 101. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even catch that. That story's been on my mind a lot recently. Go figure. Yeah, right? Ugh, that military parade. What a fucking disaster. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Just look at look at the images. It's it'll It'll Lord, make me want to vomit. You, have you have you heard any of his speech? Nope. <laughs> he talked about the Revolutionary War and he talked about them taking airports. He tried to say ramparts. And then he said airports. Oh, good. That the people in the revolution took airports. And uh, yeah, it's Twitter has had a field day photoshopping Revolutionary War soldiers <laughs> attacking airports. <laughs> I people did have see been a talking about the Battle of, of... LaGuardia. LaGuardia. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a couple photoshops of um, Ivanka just being intersposed in all of these historic battles and non existent battles, which was fun for me. I also just really enjoyed the structure. I mean, the, I mean the structure of Starfleet. It seems like getting in is very difficult, and getting to see some of those tests, hurdles, 
mm-hmm. some of those hurdles and, you know, just a wide variety of species. We also got to see our very first Benzite. Was that the which, homeboy with the breathing apparatus? Yes, which I love. I think that's fascinating, you know. We want to be a part of things, but we can't breathe your atmosphere, so I'm just going to suck some shit out of my chest. Give me a second. It's a good design. That's what I mean. I also loved the um, <laughs> seeing the crew on edge. That's very fun to you know see everyone kind of go, why are you here? What are you doing? Yeah, them being very defensive and protective, I'm sure would help any investigator be like, oh, well, clearly there's nothing going on here. <laughs> but I did... I while I sympathized with their reactions, I was also like, "Y'all ain't helping your case." <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Well, I mean, it was it was a fun romp through Wesley's psyche, but it wasn't all. <laughs> it wasn't all prepubescent fantasies, was it, Dan? No, it was not, Cameron. Um, it was never clear to me what they were really being tested on. Not just with the, I mean, the physics questions were one thing. Um, the site question was one, but the thing that he helped his classmate with, the thing that made the difference between him being in or out, what the fuck was that? <laughs> that was Anytime like, that they was showed like a, something. That was like a light, bright Rubik's cube. It totally but, was. Uh, it was. It made no sense. I was like, "This is your attempt to be futuristic makes makes it look like in the future we really value your ability to digitally do a tactile puzzle." Like that's what it looked like. It was like, "Hey, we digitized a Rubik's cube. Solve it. Cool. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's. I think that's exactly what happened, Dan. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what your problem is." <laughs> my, well, no, there's there's that. That's that's one of my problems. Also, um, I know that Wesley serves a function within this show, but I still this just reminded me of why having a child as a lead character on a Starfleet focused show is just a dumb idea. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to watch a fucking kid take standardized tests. This is stupid. I'd like to say they learned their lesson. I guess you'll just have to wait and see. I guess we will. Until then, (laughs) I'll just enjoy his sweaters. But I I do have to agree with uh, Oleana that uh, it's a good thing he's cute because he could be really obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) You are absolutely correct. You are absolutely correct. Um, I <laughs> I found um, Lieutenant Commander Remick to be insufferable more so than usual. Utterly. He was just very overdramatic and had a hard time controlling his impulses, which, I mean, I guess he was trying to, you know, conduct a thorough investigation and scare people into telling the truth. But... I found him entirely insufferable and then kind of sad when he said, I'd love to transfer here. It just made me sad You ever for been him. pulled over by a dick cop? Yes. That's what he reminded me of. Yes, absolutely. Like a power-tripping institutional asshole. Yeah. He was, he was the fucking worst in that regard. He was. 
I also, even though I did love seeing some of the processes to get into Starfleet Academy, it made me think, how do they have a fully functional fleet? Yeah. What are what are the, you know? <laughs> what are your parameters here? Yeah. How how big, I mean, is this one person per quadrant? Is it one person per sector? Is it one person per for Oh Jesus. Is it one person per planetary body? And if that's the case, why did they take Crusher to this one? I don't know. Is it, it one it person? It didn't make any sense to me either. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. try again next year. Can I try to get it a different base? No. This is the only one. <laughs> Better make sure your ship comes back here. It was sort of a silly process and I think Considering how low budget this show was, now granted, they had the whole shuttlecraft scene, so this episode was probably more expensive for that regard. But like, cast some more extras, have it be a class of like twenty or thirty kids, and have like five of them get in. Yeah, that would make more sense. You know, it if ain't it was like Harvard. <laughs> well, but I mean, like even Harvard, they will let almost anyone in as long as they have a decent enough LSAT score, at least in the law school regard. You know. I yeah. I don't know. I mean, it depends entirely upon the openings in the class, too. I mean, you know, I know they have a set example per class, but like if there are five people who are good enough and there are five openings, they will let them all in. Yeah, it didn't didn't make any sense. Um, additionally, I thought Riker's inability to keep his cool over the investigation was a very bad form in leadership. Ooh. Like, sorry, go ahead. Everyone should. Everyone was irritated. Um, now, granted, I didn't talk about this in things I like, but the way they cut and edited that long interrogation scene of him jumping from person to person, fucking brilliant. That was such an effective use of footage. It moved through so beautifully that I was very happy with that. But Riker just constantly being pissed off about it. It's like... Get over yourself and do your job. You're the second in command and you're setting a shit example on this ship. What, have you just not been laid in 20 minutes? God. Sometimes it's fun to see the little anarchy, Dan. (laughs) You're telling me. Especially if the uh, cause is unjust. (laughs) Super secret reasons. Um, I forgot to say my favorite part and my favorite introduction into canon is what's called the Riker maneuver. And if you'll notice in the future, (laughs) he does this every single time he sits down, (laughs) which is to go over the top of the chair and come straight down. Oh, I caught Picard tucking on his on his shirt today. Um, (laughs) So you got the Riker and the Picard. It was while he was seated, so I was like, ooh, is that special? It's not when he stands up and does that. I noticed it while he was seated, but yeah, he's just fucking tall, right? In real life, he's a really tall man, right? He is, but the reason was he also has back problems, and so sitting on those chairs was very painful, so he just went up and over the top, so it was a straight straight fall down instead of a trying to ut your way in there, which I appreciate. <laughs> I wish I could do that. character trait. Because I totally would. If they're short enough chairs, I still sometimes try to attempt the Riker maneuver. I think I could maybe do that on a footstool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's it's the best. And it's so funny. You will. 
you can Google Riker maneuvers and it will show compilation videos of every time he went up and over a chair and sat down. I just like that. What was that show he hosted? Was it Ripley's Believe It or Not? Or what was yeah. it? Yeah. Um, wait, what was no, it? It was, strange... it was something like that. Is it Beyond Belief? Was that it? Yes, that was it. Yes. Beyond Belief, fact or fiction. Just the, that montage that's been going around <laughs> of all of his all of his stupid introduction questions that lead into each segment of that show. Well, and it says me on a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen it used in a couple different contexts, and it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. Uh, his voice I, is just like so soothing. My ADHD brain at my ADHD brain at three in the morning. <laughs> Have you ever wondered about? Have you ever tried? Uh, huh. You ever heated up a donut just to see what it feels like? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had soup that was better cold? Mm. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Terrible. Jesus. <laughs> and speaking of mouth noises, I think we should do quotes. I think we should too. Do you want to know what my favorite quote was? What is your favorite quote, Dan? To quote Lieutenant Worf, thinking about what you can't control only wastes energy and creates its own enemy. <laughs> Boom. Great. So good. I was like, yeah, fucking wiz- listen to him, Wesley, you dumb little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I should also listen to Worf. He's, he's a very wise Klingon. He's a very um, wise Klingon. <laughs> I also loved his... His pithy response. You don't like me very much, do you? Is it required, sir? Yeah, <laughs> right? Sir. Oh. <laughs> so good. Both this episode and the next are very good Worf episodes. They are. The next one is stellar as far as Worf is concerned. I also loved, I thought that there was nothing that could frighten a Klingon warrior. <laughs> and then Worf says... Only fools have no fear. Yep. Which is valid. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. That's a very good one. <laughs> I also love Jean-Luc comparing the Academy test to tennis. As Sean Connery says, tennis. The only person you're truly competing against, Wesley, is yourself. Then you're not disappointed. Wesley, you have to measure your success and your failures within. Not by anything that I or anyone else might think. But um, if it helps you to know this, I failed the first time. And you may not tell anyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, your Picard's getting so good and my Wesley was terrible. Let me, let me try again. Then you're not disappointed. That was better. <laughs> <laughs> It is very difficult for me to depend on anyone for anything, but especially for my life. (laughs) But on the Enterprise, you do it every day. Everyone depends on everyone else to protect them. Yes. (laughs) So you overcame it? No, it is still my enemy. I gotta work on a wharf. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty much just down in your kazif. That's Mm. that's (laughs) worth. Is it required, sir? Is it required, sir? <laughs> I think I can. I think I can get his yell from the next episode. The death howl. 
Oh, also, the, the fact that the uh, that there's the guy named uh, Mordok, that's a that just sounds like a supervillain. <laughs> As but, compared to what? Less Doc? I don't know. Give me more Doc. More Doc. <laughs> that's what's up, Doc. Um, <laughs> that whole incident with the with the Zaldans uh that wesley had to deal with where he spotted somebody who wasn't quite human and responded aggressively because that was what was culturally appropriate was a kind of cultural deftness that i can only hope teenagers achieve in the future yes (laughs) because that is not something most kids are adept in no that's not something that most people are adept at Mm <laughs> we should also do at least one lieutenant commander dexter remick and see if i can whip that one out <laughs> all right we'll do this one <laughs> mr remick you've talked to every member of this ship i think you have had enough time to find whatever it is you're looking for are you afraid if i keep looking i'll find that you're guilty the only thing I am guilty of is allowing this charade to go on so long. <laughs> I don't know if he pronounced it charade or charade, but I think he should say charade. I think he did say charade, but I don't remember either. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was super impactful. They want me to take over as Commandant Starfleet Academy. Congratulations. What a wonderful choice, sir. You'll be able to shape the minds of the future leaders of Starfleet. You haven't decided what you're going to do? Yes, I have, number one. I'm decided I'm going for a walk. (laughs) But I think my favorite line in the whole thing was, (laughs) this has put a strain on our friendship. Just so understated and so <laughs> I love it so fucking much. <laughs> well, Cameron, how many digital Rubik's cubes would you give this episode? <laughs> you know, I would give it three and three quarters digital Rubik's cubes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I did. I had a great time. I enjoyed this episode way more than I remember ever enjoying it before. And I mean, especially with Hora Wesley dealing with the fallout of his intelligence and the worship of his intelligence. I just, I had a great time. Yeah, I'd give it three and a quarter, primarily for its technical savvy as an episode of television. It's a very well-produced, well-thought-out, well-executed episode. Even if there's some plot points or some character stuff that's a little groany, but... Overall, it's a, it was a good use of our time. It was. It was indeed. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and we even rated it. We're so <laughs> we on sure top did. of our shit. <laughs> so that just leaves one last thing for us to do, and that's for me to tell you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. And for Dan to say, keep on trekking. You're goddamn right. Anyway...
I love you. And don't tell anyone, but I love Star Trek. I know you do. <laughs> and I knew it's you would. It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. Now, I got to say, I definitely love one of these episodes more than the other. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just wonder which is which. I think we're going to have more fun with one than the other. I think we will too, but um, I have to tell you that <sighs> it's not getting better, man. I hate Wesley more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Maya. I'm really sorry. I want I want to like him, but I unless he unless he does a major character about face in the next couple seasons, I just I I just I just. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.